we really overpromise a lot of the times that we're we're going to give you more energy and, and you're going to get these results and you're going to sleep better, but we never follow it up. We're great at the first date, not so great at the marriage. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, Managing Director of Willow's Health Group, Troy Morgan, talks working with wearables not against them, community integration, and translating data into meaningful actions and achievements with Network's Oliver Kitchingman. Troy, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks very much for having me. Very excited to be here. Troy, your message to fitness business owners is about the power of difference, but rather than making yourself different for the sake of it, it's sort of more about making a difference to the lives of members and clients. So how can club operators do this in a meaningful way, and what does that actually mean for their business? Yeah, I just finished my session, Ollie, and um, what we talked about was that our delivery of our fitness model hasn't really changed. So the way we deliver our our product hasn't really changed since fitness started. And I'm not saying we haven't made huge advances in understanding how the body works and how we prescribe intensity and the the way exercises run or nutrition, et cetera. But the way we deliver that hasn't hasn't really changed since, since we started. So we're still seeing, we're connecting people to memberships, to certain PT packages that rather than connecting them around what they want to want to change. So with the dis- disruption that's going on in every industry, understanding how consumers have changed as well. And and think of your own consumer habits where you or how you how you deal with your bank now, how you deal with hotel bookings with Airbnb for example, how you actually get get around. All of those consumer habits have changed. And I, it sometimes surprises me that as an industry we don't think about how the consumers are going to change how they deal with with our product and how a lot of those products are delivered seamlessly and, and getting an outcome for, for the consumer and just just challenging whether whether we've changed as well um, with how we do that. So, I mean, there, there obviously is uh, a lot more technology in clubs, um, as in the, you know, the screens that you might get on cardio equipment and maybe the booking systems and mind bodies and, and the, the things like this. What would be, and, and of course, the wearables like yeah. MyZone, what would be your vision of a, a more seamless integration? Yeah, so that's very true. A lot of those things have come in. And as an industry, we're no stranger disruption around different business models, such as over the years, the studios coming in 24-hour yeah. access and... And then Les Mills disrupted the way group fitness was was delivered. But how we how we connect with technology, I don't think we've fully faced the, the challenge yet. So as you said, all of those things are happening. But how are we actually connecting that to why the consumer comes to see us? We're still selling a membership then rather than using that data to truly connect them to lifestyle change around that data, giving us access to how well they're sleeping, how well they're connected with nutrition, etc., are we scared of what that information is telling and we're not actually using that data to connect and we're leaving it up to the fitness centre member to analyse that data for themselves. And, and if we continue to let that happen, then they'll be drawn more and more 
to the applications and and the platforms that are driving those rather than to our place of business. So I guess what I've challenged my own team to do and what I'm I'm putting out there as a, as a challenge is how can we actually use all of that data that's coming through in people's pockets and, and connect it to the programs that we're delivering. So we're not not getting them to consume memberships, we're actually getting them to consume journeys and experiences that we're, we're using in collaboration with all of those wearables and the information that's coming with screens. Is it really making a difference? And I'd challenge that we, we probably aren't harnessing the power of those things enough yet so that we're very much been an industry where we come to the rescue of people. Are you fit and unhealthy? You need to see us. Are you unmotivated? You need to see us. Whereas as consumers, the power has shifted and they want control of that journey. So how can we create experiences where they become the hero of their journey? And we help them understand all of this data that's that's coming through. So that sounds more like the trainers or club owners need to be working more closely with the client and the technology monitoring monitoring the figures that maybe you know they're there on the wearables or they're they're there in in the software but isn't necessarily being interpreted in any meaningful way yeah exactly and and i think it's it's not around being scared of this i think it's a massive opportunity for us where it, it may be a point where where personal trainers are actually able to see more clients but less often because they're able to use that that monitoring data to connect with their clients in a different way, and, and it may even be a subscription model like Netflix, where where the the client is subscribing to you, connecting them to that that data and how that life change and habit change. And I'm not saying go outside our scope, but I think it's a real opportunity for us to be the connector. If there's issues with sleep, then there's some some great free platforms out there, such as the Sleep Foundation, etc. That the average consumers not connecting with because they're not aware of it so what's our opportunity and and we get to see people a lot more often than their gps and their physios etc so it's a real opportunity for the industry to be a connector and and it may be that we change our edu- the way we educate ourselves a little bit more or it, it may be changing slightly how we we deal with the consumer but our power is still ourselves it's not all about technology the power is with our staff and with ourselves and innovating how we actually connect with our clients Okay, so what's the most powerful example you can share of, of this sort of this making a difference in in any of your own facilities in Willows or? Yeah, there's not many examples in the, in the currently in the fitness industry. My world is a lot in the corporate world at the moment, and we've been using these management platforms with the, with larger organisations where organisations are not too different to what we do in a fitness centre. So they may be providing different services, but there is a lot of services. So they may be providing for their employees flu vaccination, resilience programs, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that data is siloed. So no one's actually tracking it and seeing if it's actually working. So creating platforms where all that data falls into one platform and then actually measuring whether that's working. So maybe using the lessons learnt there where we're able to create dashboards where all of this data does does fall in automatically and seamlessly for our clients and being able to build filters where we're able to, for example, filter out our client base that says, show me everyone that slept less than eight hours in the last 30 days and actually targeting those those clients with with better habits, with online courses, et cetera. So it becomes a becomes a lifestyle hub where we're actually partnering in the lifestyle of our, our clients rather than just prescribing movement. And how would you then be gauging the effect of this? Do you think this would be something that would be measurable by increased retention, feedback? I, I mean, I guess a lot of it can be measured through the actual numbers yeah. from the technology itself and length of, of memberships. I think definitely looking at looking at length of memberships, also looking at, at 
actually whether the programs we're writing, writing is working. So Michelle Seeger spoke at the uh, Business Summit on Thursday, I've lost track of, of the days, but she very much challenged the way we think about how we connect people to, to habit change and, and very much what we tend to do is write programs and, and tell the client that their results will be in 30 days, etc. And and that's not the way our brain works, as Michelle explained. It's it's We want that instant gratification. So how are we providing that feedback daily? So for example, the wearables able to show, well, if, if I sleep better tonight and, and I stand a little bit more, then my energy levels will be higher. So actually able to, to provide daily questionnaires where those clients are able to actually see that instant gratification, which will, will certainly help in retention, but also in the results, redefining what the results look like. And then also by collecting this data, we often ask lots of questions at the initial consultation. We get all this information and we're really great at collecting it and then we never revisit it. And I just challenged in the session I was at when we, we collect data and we might be collecting data of, of our clients and members that haven't been for 14 days and we send them a text or an email saying, oh, you haven't been in for 14 days, but we don't revisit why they came. Let's use that data. Ollie, we haven't seen you for 14 days. In our initial consultation, these, these are the things that we, we chatted about. We'd love love to help you get back on track with the, the greater energy that you, you said you were, were going to work towards. So... We're just not using the data we're getting from our clients. It's it's a challenge for us, and it's it's creating a distrust because we really overpromise a lot of the times that we're we're going to give you more energy and, and you're going to get these results and you're going to sleep better. But we never follow it up. We're great at the first date, not so great at the marriage, where we follow through and make sure that all those things in the relationship are, are being ticked off. Do you think that's because of a lack of time or a lack of, you know, a, a kind of a fear of uh, we, we just don't know what to do? So it's an education thing or it's a, we've got all this great data, we know we could do good things with it, but we just don't have the resources. Yeah. I, I think it's a real combination of both. And I think it's, it's education and understanding how we can do it. It's also fear and it's also time. We're, we're very time poor, but if we did put time into maybe changing some of our models, this will actually create more time for us and, and better results for our, for our clients. And, and just simple steps that if, if your client is a, is a Fitbit user, for example, then even if you don't own a Fitbit, creating your own Fitbit platform and connecting with, with that client, if you're a, a, a one-person operator, so you're actually connecting without having to create your own platform um, so that you're sharing that data straight away. And and I think it is a fear and, and sometimes a laziness. And I travel around Australia now and I, was, I get to work out in a lot of different gyms. And I was in a gym recently where the PT was showing a, a client through their program and their squat wasn't the greatest technique. And the PT was doing a great job in talking about how they could use pressure points, et cetera, to improve that technique. And the client asked, so have you got some exercises for me to do that? And they said, oh, you'll find plenty of them on the internet. I nearly fell over. We might as well be pushing that client to using different platforms that, that aren't actually connected to our brand. So it's, it's creating awareness around that as well. It's being ready for, for giving a greater service than the 30 minutes. If you're seeing your client for 30 minutes a week and you're not offering any other support, then I don't think that's going to be good enough for the consumer anymore because everything else outside is being tracked. Everything else outside is being seamless and they're expecting greater service. And we expect that ourselves. So why shouldn't our clients and members expect it? So it really is about integrating yourself more deeply in your client's life without necessarily having more face-to-face time. I think that's the opportunity. I think that's the big opportunity. And, and it's not about scaring that artificial intelligence is going to take over our jobs and, and all this data. It's, it's actually an opportunity if we embrace it. And it's happening whether we like it or not. 
And I was lucky enough to speak at an event that the ex-CEO of Lonely Planet spoke at last year. And, and it really hit me that a lot of organisations concrete things because we want a linear way of dealing with our, with our customers. So we just lay down concrete. So when disruption and change comes, we're too scared to rip up that concrete. And he gave the example of Lonely Planet, which was once the biggest travel company in the world, when the internet came, they built a website and platform to sell more books. Whereas TripAdvisor came and they built a platform to engage with the consumer and gave the consumer greater power over what their journeys were with hotels, restaurants, etc. And they absolutely crushed Lonely Planet because they just didn't see that they could, the opportunities that came with that. And, and maybe that's what we're doing. We've always done it this way. We've always sold memberships. Maybe the fear of changing that is is too great but the opportunity is is greater i believe maybe maybe some of our tours memberships aren't the best thing for the actual member that's coming through for a tour it may be one of our workshops one of our online programs first and building a relationship and, and creating that awareness around what we do first and then then creating that membership so it's a change consuming journeys and experiences rather than memberships yeah Okay, I mean that's a that's a really good way of looking at the way um, that you could be making a difference to the lives of existing members. How about the the ever the ever and increasing challenge of reaching non-members, reaching that huge proportion of society that is not a member of a health club and apparently has no intention of ever being. Does it kind of translate to community outreach and to to reaching this demographic? Yeah, I think so. One of the things we've been working with is closely with our local council and um, running workshops that, that um, for free and off the back of that then running movement challenges. So simple walk-based movement challenges that are, are really less intimidating. And to start with, we didn't build a big platform or use wearables, etc. It was a simple automated email program with self-reporting and, and tracking that data, et cetera. And some of the results have been amazing through self-reported change at 62% greater physical activity, self-reported physical activity after a 30-day walking challenge. And this is the demographic that will probably never walk into the fitness centre, but we're connecting to them in our, in our outreach programs and maybe redefining what a fitness centre can do for people. And I think that's the challenge for us. We, we looked... We're looked at it in a certain way. How can we redefine how, how we're looked at and how can we redefine what success looks like? In some of the corporate work that I do, when you're talking to someone that may be a marathon runner and someone that's doing no exercise at all, talking to them about the program success at the end of the six-week online program that we do may be for the marathon runner that they're sleeping better, but it may be for the person that's not moving at all that they're standing up three times more per day. That's success. It's redefining and, and giving people permission to to redefine what it's not what our success is it's not their gps it's not the pts it's actually creating what their success looks like and and getting those small wins and then then starting to increase on that so i mean that's a way that non-community clubs i you know private health clubs can there's no reason at all why they can't be uh, you know a community organization in that respect i think it's a massive opportunity for us that we're we're neglecting and and often we're not a very patient industry at times we, we run one workshop or we run one community event and it didn't create lots of engagement. So we said, oh, that doesn't work. Let's go on to the, go on to the next thing. 
winning the trust back of those non-exercises is going to take time and it's 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 chipping away and and probably redefining what what success is to a to a workshop that if you've never run a workshop before and only 10 people turn up that's success mm. and the next one you might get 20 and, and 15 but if you don't do it again and you do it in 2 years time then people just don't trust you that it's going to be a continual continual thing so I, I think as an industry we we just have to be more patient with some of the the changes that we put out there and some of the programs that we run Okay. What advice, Troy, would you give to a club or studio owner that's looking to make their business a place that makes a real difference? Like, where would they where would they start? I, I think it really comes to to that planning. So, I'm a massive Simon Sinek fan. So, often we get stuck on that strategy roundabout where we go, things aren't going well. Let's get the team together, write a really great strategy, write it down. This is the way we're doing things now. Three weeks time, we wake up and it's it's not working. We rip that strategy up and we, we do another one. I think we really need to to really get strong on what our why is, um, and I think from our why that builds what our vision is, which then builds the values that our team has, and then we roll into our strategy. So a strong strategy off the back of those foundations and and that strategy broken down to what our objective is, what competitive landscape we're in, and and what difference do we do we really want to make so that. Our strategy is built on something that really means something rather than their strategy for the sake of strategy. And if it's a strong strategy built on those things, it's really easy to create scoreboards to actually see if we're, we're winning off that. So I think start at the beginning. Why Why did we start in this industry? What is our business about? And, and have we written strategies that are true to that why? Because if it's not, we can't really live it. And start small. Start, start small. We can't change the world straight away. We, we have to be patient. Is it just teaching your PTs to connect with Fitbit or Garmin or wearables just on a one-on-one basis to start with? If that's working, then maybe investing in platforms. If that's working, then maybe investing in, in being able to use that data in platforms to actually fully track how, what our members, et cetera, are doing. Troy, that's fantastic advice. If listeners want to find out more about your work, where can they go? Yeah, the Willows, the new Willows platform, which is an ex, is really putting a lot of these ideas to actually see if they work. So, really putting, uh, challenging myself around that. So, the new Willows platform will be up in a month, and it's www.willowshealth.com.au. My corporate program is Happy Body at Work, which is an ABC commercial program. I'm a business partner in that program, which was. Uh, created by Anna Louise Bouvier, a good friend of Network, and I've been working with her. It's, it's a really good program to look at how simple health message, really breaking it down, is stopping it from overcomplicating the message we're doing. So that's a really good website to have a look at as well, our Happy Body at Work website. Troy, thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks very much for having me. For a huge range of online courses focusing on program design and PT business development, including the course Maximise Your Marketing, Minimise Your Admin for PTs, head to the network website. Courses are fully accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, and network members get massive discounts of up to 40% off. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au forward slash CECs today to grow your skill set and fitness career.